Welcome to the latest episode of Unbind with Findable. I'm your host, Jocelyn Getson, Chief Growth Officer at Findable. And the title of today's episode is Authentically Innovating, How to Effectively Advocate for Lasting Change. And if there's anyone that knows something about developing innovative ideas and seeing them through to success and being her authentic self along the way, it's Laura Bennett. Laura's SVP of e-consumer e North America at Chubb. Laura's leading the team that is building and developing Blink by Chubb. Chubb's digital insurance portfolio of products and services aimed at millennials. And actually prior to Chubb, Laura co-founded and led Embrace Pet Insurance, which is really one of the most respective and transformative US pet insurers. And I believe was the first pet actuary in the US. So more to come on that. Uh, and certainly not one to shy away from a challenge. Laura is making a difference in insurance by thinking differently, executing on new programs and bringing her genuine and authentic leadership style to every new initiative. So today we get to your firsthand, the path that has led Laura to her current role and what it's been like bringing on, bringing an innovative brand like Blink to life within a large insurer like Chubb. So welcome, Laura. Lots going on. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, it's really fun to be here, uh, just uh, hanging out and uh, talking all things uh, digital insurance and authentic kind of leadership. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. So. I am too. You know, it's funny. People always ask, they're like, well, why'd you start doing this? It's like, well, I just like talking to people. And then I think, you know, you and I met at a conference and have met a few times now, and you just have always stood out as someone who I just enjoy the conversation and just, you know, excited to be able to have the opportunity to bring your story to more people. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. And I think on that note, actually, it'd be great uh, to tell the audience, I always like to start at the beginning, you know, a little bit about yourself. Like, how, how did you actually maybe get started in insurance, but even backing that up, like, you know, what was that journey like to, to get to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I think we all can agree, probably the vast majority of people who are in insurance never planned it, or uh, if you did, uh, your path to where you are today is probably not what you'd imagined. But I started off accidentally getting into insurance. I, I was doing a mathematics degree and I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. In fact, I was thinking of planning to do a, become a tool and die maker, which I know sounds really odd, wow. but um, I, I love, I didn't go into engineering, but perhaps that might've been an option for me. And like industrial design? Yeah, so, so, yeah. so all sorts of, you know, 3D visual type stuff. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I was thinking of that because I didn't want to become a teacher and I didn't want to go through and do a master's and so on. Like I love mathematics but I was not the person that thought in N degrees, you know, like nth degrees. Right. And so I, um, so I, so that's what I, so I ended up getting a job in an in insurance company. Um, the, the listing said that you had to write actuarial exams, right? And I said, well, the only thing I know about the actuarial exams is that the first one is a mathematics exam. So right. surely I should be able to do that all right. And so I'll just tell them I'm writing the bar. The you're like, the bar is here. I could, I could do that. Okay. I know. Yep. Yeah. Little yep. did yep. I know how hard they are. So <laughs> I squeaked through when I did it. Um, but I, I, so in the interview, I said, yes, I'm writing the first exam and, and, uh, and anyway, sort of uh, bluffed my way into this job. And, uh, and it was a summer job and I loved it. I absolutely, I couldn't believe how much I loved it because I was given this, project that nobody basically I had to uh, find uh, dig in the basement for a whole bunch of contracts and translate them into some past premiums that we hadn't paid to save supposedly save the day 
uh, from an insurance, uh, you know, conflict that was happening. Right. And uh, so at the end of my, uh, I had such fun. I really enjoyed it. So I, uh, I thought this I could do. Maybe I should uh, look into this and do this. And uh, so after that, I was sort of hooked. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that, though. It's like, I think some people go into insurance and they think about it very flat, you know, that it's like you're buying, you're selling, you're, but you're right, there is, it's like that problem solving component that there is that excitement, you know, there is that save the day kind of mindset um, that, that, you know, no matter what industry, what career you're in, if you want to love it, you have to find that hook, you know, of what, it's, yes. it's not just the actuarial part, but I think yeah. what's cool is that you not only took your interest in uh, actuarial work, but you actually expanded that and you looked at PET, which is, I mean, now a very common and, you know, a very valued product, but what was that like to get there? Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I did, you know, go into a traditional actuarial role in life and health company in Toronto and Dublin, Ireland. So I did the international experience and um, I I just, you know, kind of ended up just going, you know what, I am not the corporate person, which is kind of ironic given my position today, but uh, I'll tell you more about that. But it's, um, so I, I left the, uh, I thought thinking I needed to leave insurance to find what I was looking for. And mm -hmm. I went to do my MBA. And when I was there, a friend's cat got sick and uh, she spent over $5,000. This is 2001. So uh, wow. a lot of money, yeah. even today. Even today, and, yeah. and so she she come from the UK and uh, said, "Gosh, I should have had pet insurance because at the time, twelve percent cats and dogs were insured." So I, uh, long story short, we uh, got four of us got together to put together a business plan for the business plan competition uh, at Wharton, and uh, we won. But doing the research for that, I said, "This is really actually a real product," and. It's done so poorly in the US at the time, it was like less than a quarter percent cats and dogs insured. And partly it was because the, there were a few products that actually did what you would want. And right. I thought maybe this is my opportunity. And wow. uh, yeah, I didn't sort of found the hidden entrepreneur behind the scenes and, uh, and ended up graduating. And Alex Kruglick and I, my, one of the people on that team, ended up co-founding Embrace Pet Insurance. And that is how I got into pet insurance. My mother was a veterinary technician at one point in her career. And uh, she was also an entrepreneur. She had a small bookshop uh, that she had launched herself. And uh, so I looked to her as my inspiration. And uh, I love so, that. Yeah. So we, we, you know, venture capital, we're digital, we're everything back in 2003. Uh, to, uh, you know, when I left in 2017. Well, you had shared with me one time that you actually went to the vet offices and started to just ask questions, right? And I think that's also a step people miss is that they get caught in the numbers and caught in the underwriting and, and you know, actually going in and, and obviously your mom's experience even, you know, in being on a, in a vet clinic. I mean, just getting that, you know, kind of boots on the ground feedback too, it helps you better understand how you can avoid risk, I would think, you know, like, oh, we get people coming in all the time and they swallow the dog toy or whatever it might be, I'm sure, you know, but did that help? I think I would think going in. Uh, and you know, you wouldn't believe, I mean, obviously uh, startup uh, with two people at the beginning, you're doing everything. So yes, you, you, you know, while I was the numbers person, you know, yeah. I was the chief underwriter, the chief actuary, but also <laughs> the 
chief you know hr person the you know i, I did a lot of the strategy i did the partnerships in uh, with the insurance companies um and also company culture and understanding the pet parent and uh and yeah. so yes i spent a lot of time Love in that. vet hospitals i spent a lot of time talking i took calls with uh with pet parents and uh really honing on the customer experience was so yeah. you have to do all of that and it it uh you know it helped bring together the like when you're trying to manage your product it's not just the um uh increasing prices if loss ratio is going up it's like what can we do to make a this easier to administer b yeah. you know what could be a great experience for the customer um and how can we manage it so yes we we did a lot of things like uh we we had um a a 6 month waiting period for orthopedic conditions for example right. and i said well that's not that fun if you you know if you end up getting uh, something randomly in that 6 months so we offered the opportunity for you to go and have your dog examined a basic exam and fill out a form and be waived and then you could just bring that down to you know the two week one two day uh, right. waiting period we we had which would which give the flexibility her. and some yeah on uh, ownership on the client like okay you don't yeah. like that well here's here's an option then that you can pursue if you want to take that step and yeah that's and there's a benefit to doing that yeah people yeah. really owned it and uh, it actually created this engagement a surprising engagement that you thought people would want to avoid but it yeah. was uh, it was it was a great thing so yeah, that experience really taught me that you have to be hands on in all ways uh to really bring a holistic view of the product and the risk i couldn't agree more and on that note i mean i think is it blink's first birthday soon or yes, i think yes 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 it's about a year now congratulations yeah. thank you that's, thank you that's huge and one of the you know questions when i was uh kind of thinking of what to ask is i I always love to know like what what was the concept or the hypothesis behind blink and like you know what kind of what what drew you to the opportunity to to take on the 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 challenge the positive challenge of of bringing such a digital product uh within chub to life well yes that was uh, especially when you heard that i escaped the corporate world well everything that went up exactly thank <laughs> so, the question yeah yeah but but what i what intrigued me with with this is that I this was an opportunity that I you couldn't pass up. I mean, I had basically built a, a product and, and stood stood with it over 14 years. Um right. and all that went with that. And so I wanted to take all that I'd learned from that and then do way more. And so this was so the idea was, you know, that the Chub is well known for its high net worth um uh, products and services. Yes. and uh, to build a digital portfolio of products uh, and services aimed at millennials so that uh, but a digital end to end you know that are all basically focused on the life that digitally oriented people live right so so not necessarily uh, what high net worth people would want something a little more direct uh, easier simpler um and with a with the same amazing customer experience but in a digital right. way that chub offers and so i i thought what an amazing opportunity uh i you know i i was just blown away with this and so i that's sort of what led me led me into this and um you know we started off now with with our first product back in back a year ago uh with uh, cyber um yeah. and we have another product uh, blink paycheck coming soon in the next couple of months 
Uh, Very exciting. And we spent, yeah, a lot of time really sort of solidifying the, the technology because the great thing about what we're doing here in within Chubb is we're, we're kind of standalone, which uh, is this, uh, uh, a sort of strange concept within a very yeah. such an enormous company we're sort of a little bit out of the firewall and that gives us the sort of ability to be nimble and innovative right uh, because it's almost within. that cliche of the you know would it's blink that startup within chub but you know i will say getting even being around your team and, and leslie marshall who's amazing and a force of nature in herself you, you have a great you know speaking of you know authentic leadership across the board. You have such a great team, but it really doesn't, it, it's, you're right. Like it does feel like it's its own energy and, and, and brand, which is so impressive, you know, that you're, you're able to retain the wonderful parts of Chubb, but still bring life to, um, to the products and to the brand itself. But yeah, no, there's absolutely no doubt about it. And it had to be that way. Uh, I, I, uh, well, I mean, that was the point to be something yeah. different, but yet bring all the strengths of Chubb and yeah. uh, I mean, which are numerous. So so it's it's like fantastic uh, to, you know, if you look at our colors, for example, we actually very rainbow colored, but that's uh, it's based on the Chubb actual visual brand, but in a more modern, uh, you know, aimed at millennials way, yeah. um, which I think we've done really, well, really well. And uh, I, I definitely for, for Leslie listening because uh, she, she <laughs> took my ideas and made them actually happen. It's just uh, it, awesome, it, you know, it and, is and awesome. extended it beyond that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, you know, because I'm I, I always kind of caution people and as, as tech forward as I as I, as I think and, and how much opportunity I see in insurance, you know, I think there's that risk of innovating for the sake of innovating. Right. Meaning like there should always be a clear challenge or opportunity you're trying to solve for and improve upon. And, you know, and I will say, though, sometimes you know, even when you see that path and even, and, and you certainly have, cause you have, you know, really interesting and cool products that, that are very relevant and timely. Um, but it can be hard to communicate the ROI on that in innovation and like gather internal support. It doesn't matter who your organization is, even, even within a startup at times uh, to get that. So how do you generate buy-in, you know, from those around you, from leadership, from, you know, cross-functional support teams, uh, you know, especially if you sense that hesitation, um, what do you have advice when people are trying to bring something like this to life? Well, so first of all, innovation can be many, many, on many ways. Like it's not just product. I mean, for us, it's, uh, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, there's product, there's even how you file and structure your policy, which is an innovation mm -hmm. in what we have done. Um, and of course the experience um, and even within a large company like Chubb, the end-to-end -end nature of what we're doing is an innovation. So everything that we're doing is a little bit alien and different. So it's, uh, for me, there are small things, like th there are small things. And so it's uh, explaining and telling a story. Uh, and and then people going, oh, and 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 just buying into the, the enthusiasm, I mean, frankly, so everybody at Chubb has been so welcoming with this idea and it's so excited about it. So we, even though something that I'm proposing is different, they're open to this and, uh, and, and really working hard to work out how, how they can bring themselves towards us, perhaps. Right. right. Well, that's they're a good also, idea. Yeah. yeah big, big things though, where Chubb is little less, uh, you know, they're much more of a, a stretch 
and, and believe me, I stretch everyone, I push every boundary in every way, including my own boss. Um, and uh, it's exhausting, but it's, uh, it's what needs to be done. But it's good, but it's good because no matter, even in a startup, there are boundaries that, that you have to, you know, there, it's not unlimited for, for many reasons. Anyone in a startup would agree with that. Outside, you might say that's not the point of a startup, but there is still struggling. It is, yeah, like knowing when to push, yeah, it, yeah. for that innovation and when to hold back. I mean, how do, right. you, how do you walk that line? I mean, that's, well, that's yeah. Yeah, so, so, so what I found is, you know, on the big things that are, are going to be like, yeah, this is a push. Um, first of all, numbers and facts. Um, my prior experience and going and trying tests and small things to show. Um, I, I can, you know, give an example, which is uh, Chubb typically works with agents and uh, direct to, sorry, uh, partnerships. Yeah. And we're direct to consumer, but we, we do direct to consumer through partnerships is typically how we've launched. But I, you know, direct to consumer literally out in the open, uh, I would, you know, I, we are working on. And, right. but they, you pay agents and partners as you sell policies. You don't pay upfront like you do in the direct to consumer world where you're paying a lump sum to get that lead. And then, sure. you know, and so these the are acquisition costs. Yeah, yes, right. exactly. Mm -hmm. The financials are very different between the two. And so, uh, so, so this is the uh, show that it works, that you don't have to go and, you know, mortgage yourself to Google to make this happen and so on. And to build that in small ways and build up over time. And uh, I'm doing some of, some of that sort of, it's not stealth, it's very, you know, here I am doing this, look. It's, yeah. uh, and over here, by the way, I'm paying my bills with these partnerships. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, you know, cause you know, the, the, everybody, uh, well, you get the train on the tracks and then you say, you know, we're just going to test this new stop over here. And sometimes yeah. it's knowing when to say that route didn't work and we're back on this track. I, I think testing is great. Knowing when to also say, you know, how long, like setting that duration, that's sometimes a critical missing part too, right? Is that people go into a test and then three years later, it's like, well, did you put resources behind it? Did you, you know, what's the next, you know, you get a proof point. What, what next, right? Yes. Yeah, no, t it, totally. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the holistic view of this, that each one by itself is, uh, is okay. The two together, you know, you, you, that's where you start to leverage what you've done. And so it's, you know, what I'm trying to do is, is show that, is prove that out. And, you know, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's like tippy-toeing through and then all of a sudden, like, wow, okay, that's interesting. And, you know, if I can show some interesting cost of acquisitions and, you know, lifetime value of customers across all of this, then, then uh, I know. Right, I, even I, just that I, data the, win, the that insight into that behavior of how, you know, customers who purchase this way behave this, this way. That's, yes. that's really an interesting point. Yeah, that. You, you discover more about them by reaching them in different ways. Right, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, it is a lot about the story and my belief and infecting other people <laughs> with that uh, and, and, and a methodical way to, to then push on the bigger items. That's fantastic. And, you know, I think one of the things that always stands out is the fact that, you, you know, you're very much yourself. And... Um, and I, and I love that, you know, I think, uh, in, in business, I think sometimes you run into people and, and you can tell there's just, they're, they're sort of 
doing their job. And, and just like you just said, you're, you are, you have an infectious way about you, which is, which is what's great. Cause you get people excited about the opportunities. And so, and to me, you know, that plays well into the, the title of this and why I kind of stood out when we were, when we were talking is that authentically, you know, innovating. And so how have you found, uh, and, and this is some, I guess, advice to, to other people out there. I mean, how have you found the ability to sort of be authentically innovate in your role and, and still be part of like either a large organization or even an entrepreneur, like really be yourself within what you're doing? Yeah, so, so being authentic, uh, to me, the core of it is all about being vulnerable, which is not sort of what, you know, the corporate, uh, traditional corporate environment is typically is rewarded. But ultimately, companies are made up of people. Uh, everything that you do is all about people. And so the connecting with people which includes being vulnerable, is actually, uh, has really worked for me. And uh, it doesn't work all the time. It's not, and it's not, a, it's not a ploy. It's literally who I am. I can't right. be anything else. I am never going to talk corporate speak. Um, I am, uh, uh, I can be trained to behave, but, uh, um, but, but I, uh, it's not, I, I, I don't, I find it so much more effective if I yeah. am just being me. And also listening and responding to, to the response uh, and to what people are looking for. Um, yeah. And so, so um, th that's I think it's sort of a how tone. I do that. Yes, yes, exactly. And in fact, my, my, my people are, um, I think, a little surprised when, when they first come and work in my environment. But uh, it is really me and it is how I am. And, and I yeah. like to think that it shows... Uh, an ability that in the corporate world it can can be this way and it can you know it, even upwards and across and, and all and so on it's it's a belief you know it's a lot of trust built but once you build that trust human to human it's it's easier to push and suggest and because people go okay I think she has it and of course you've got to prove the goods uh, over time right it's like uh, you know be able to actually make things happen and surprise people and go oh I never thought the department of insurance would ever consider that and look at you you just got it approved okay I, I get it um, it's feels, just it's just awesome <laughs> it is awesome and I, and I think it it sets a great tone and it, it's and I think you're right though that that word vulnerability it's not a bad thing it's showing like I care so much and I think there's also, you know, that there should be this like work version and this personal version of myself. And I, because I'm so, it's similar in the sense that I can't not be myself. Sometimes I really wish I, I could, you know, cover it up better and have a better poker face or, but if I'm excited, it's like, oh, let's do that. If I'm not, it's like, you know, and I, and, but I, I think at the same time, it's like, like you said, like kind of channeling that and, and reining it and using it for the positive of, you know what, I'm okay taking this risk. I'm, I will be the first to say, you know what, I was wrong and, and just going, going for it. And then by doing that, it encourages those around you, which is, I think what's most impactful, right? It's, it's that yes. you have other people in the team who are willing to be vulnerable and take a risk in their own career or job in a, in a positive way. Cause that's the only way we're going to change, right? Otherwise someone doesn't raise totally. their hand and go, I think we could do this a little differently. If they don't have that confidence within their leadership group or company to say that, what changes yeah. nothing and what yeah. we're doing is really hard it's really hard and so uh, i try to use my background to say by the way people 
you know, it, this we're going to we're doing something really hard, and it's okay to to feel like we're, you're struggling. I feel that myself, and I I share a lot about what's going on and what I'm thinking about, um, and bringing them in and saying, okay, how can we how can we do this together? And I find that um, yeah, that it really is hard. Anyone who's yeah. done a startup, even within a corporate, it's you know high stress times. But it is. It is the wins, you know, the wins. And when you know you're trying to work with a partner and you have in mind the perfect partnership, and then when that doesn't happen, it's okay. It's okay. Do you sort of hope for the best and expect it not to be that? And you know, we just go through and and turn out actually something with much better than maybe you might. Well, enjoying the journey, it really is. It's yes. that mindset of saying like, I actually joke and, and my kids will tease me, but I'll always say like, I, I hope I never win the lottery. Like, and, and it's because like, I just think it's so, life is so interesting and it's fun to get your hands dirty and get into stuff. And, you know, it's to have kind of just that, that, that work, that challenge every day. Like I, I just can't imagine not. So it's like getting excited about the journey. And I think anyone listening or anyone who's at a company and doing their job, every great. If that's what you like, when people consider or come to me or are looking for roles in insure tech or tech or anything, I always say like, are you ready to like eat, drink, sleep, breathe this? Like does work, like work get you excited? Like in the, because if it doesn't like that's okay, but you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I just, this probably isn't for you. It, it might absolutely. not be, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm always looking for really curious people um, who can't yeah. help but go go down some rabbit holes because they're excited about it. I mean, yeah. it's it's the you know, like that's. I, I love this business. I find it exciting, and uh, and I think you know anyone can if they have that same energy and they've channeled in what excites them into the into this role that they're doing that's right and so how like one of the things um you know that always stands is i think people do think of insurance as kind of stodgy or traditional and you know and, and that's it's fine it's we can handle it but uh like what do you wish everyone kind of understood about insurance uh that you think could maybe help change that perception Especially well, when it comes so, to recruiting. So, so, yes, <laughs> recruiting in particular. Yeah. So let's let's focus on recruiting because actually I, I think this is something that every insurance company could that there are certain some insurance companies that do really well at this, but uh, typically most you know large insurance companies uh, set their whole persona on what will attract their distribution partners. Mm -hmm. So that might be agents or big partners or or direct to consumer, right? And, um, but if you are going towards say agents or your large partners, the image you project is not necessarily one that's going to excite uh, people who are human beings who want, you know, might get excited to come and work for you because right. it's, it seems, oh, it's very different. You're aiming at a completely different audience. And so sure. building um, in your recruiting a persona that's like actually what's real and fun about it. I know Chubb recently was, uh, had launched, you know, tried to show, look at these amazing people who work for Chubb and how much, you know, the, their backgrounds are unique and different. And, you know, the, they climb mountains or they, they rode the motorcycle across the, the U.S. These are actually real people who work that you can come, in, come together with. And yeah. so it's like, it's not boring and th there are many things and, and I think everybody has their own thing that gets them excited the good thing about insurance is every element of, is covered 
I think. Yeah. And so there's something for everyone. If you're creative, yes, there's there's a lot to 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 go with. You know, marketing and 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 messaging and ex user experience. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to reflect that. If you're into numbers, well, of course, it's endless what you can do in yeah. uh, in insurance. Um, but there's yeah. something for everyone, and I think just that's our new tagline it there's something for insurance there's something for everyone i like that's it. right that's there is. yeah yeah <laughs> for sure i love that no and i i guess as we're wrapping up i had to ask so do you have with all the pet insurance background um have you taken the risk do you have do you have a, are you a pet parent yourself yeah, of course <laughs> oh my god yes it's uh it, to, to really understand pets and people and all of that, you've got to have some pets. But uh, so obviously growing up, I had a lot of pets because of my mother. I mean, we literally at one point had eight cats and two dogs at the same oh, wow. time. And uh, <laughs> But I currently have one cat. Her sister died two years ago from cancer, which we did uh, do treatments for and I had pet insurance for. Um, and, uh, and then one part-time corgi, I, I call her my part-time corgi. She uh, travels back and forth between my, her, their dad, my daughter's dad's, uh, house and, oh, mine. and uh, she's adorable, Paisley is her name and she is quite the character. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you joining Laura. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yes, thank you, Jocelyn. I, I really appreciate it, as always, and uh, looking forward to getting together in person uh, one of these days, too. Oh, soon enough, hopefully. And thanks to everyone who's listened, all of our viewers and everyone who sent in some questions. And please uh, find Laura and myself on LinkedIn and reach out. We, we love a conversation. So, so let's keep it going off online as well after this. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Laura. Thank you.